Good afternoon and welcome into the Inside Edge podcast. My name is Daniel Conmey alongside Colin Anderson. Colin, hello. What's up? And we are here for a different one. If you have listened to our previous podcast, we have been doing NFL podcasts. But today, since we have a week off before the Super Bowl, we are going to go over to our bread and butter on the baseball side. So we are... Honestly, we are a baseball company, at least first and foremost, and we've moved into other spheres like the NFL, NCAA, and hopefully into other in, in the future. But we do all in-house charting for baseball. We do. We have a remarkable product. We have a lot of products that baseball teams use, and we thought it would be best, Colin, I'm sure you understand this too, that, hey, we're, we're kind of experts on baseball. Why not, why not talk about it on a podcast? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I don't know about experts, but uh, we'll try our best here. Yeah, that's that's true. So we, we do a lot of the data work, and today we are going to go over the AL East as a division preview. So what we'll do is we'll go through each division. We'll talk about each team, talk about their over-unders, their roster, things we like, things we dislike, some big moves. I'm sure we'll miss some moves that they had in the offseason. Apologies in advance for that, but we'll kind of talk about how each Division's going to set up, we'll give our own answers, and then at the end of the podcast, we'll kind of talk about how we see the division wrapping up one through five. So, with the AL East, let's start with the Red Sox. And they had a couple big moves, I would say. One was Rafael Devers signing for 10 years and $313.5 million. A big uh, person that went away was Xander Bogarts, who seems like a very, very important piece, but they turn around and recently traded for Adalberto Mondesi, the Kansas City Royals shortstop, who is really a big stolen base threat. How do you view, Colin, their offseason at this point as a as the Red Sox have really kind of turned into a very different team, not really paying everyone, you know, keeping track with the Yankees and, and where they are now? Yeah, it was a it was a weird offseason, I think. They uh they did a lot. They were pretty active with uh with their additions and subtractions, I think you mentioned uh, losing Bogarts, but they they also lost uh, JD Martinez, who's been a, a big piece of that team for a while now, um, along with with Ivaldi, Michael Walker, um, and Matt Barnes. So so they lost quite a bit, but then they added uh, quite a bit as well. Um, with you mentioned, um, well Devers, he's still there. That's a quite a hefty deal, ten for three hundred thirteen million. Um, and then they added Mondesi, <clears throat> who risky but high upside. I think he's still really young. And then a couple, a couple veterans with with Kluber, Justin Turner, Kenley Jansen, Adam Duvall. Um, so yeah, kind of a weird, weird off season. I'm not super high on the Red Sox. We we'll talk about this in a little bit, but their their over under is 84 and a half, which is six and a half games higher than last year. So that's interesting. Um, yeah, especially when you subtract Bogarts and put in Mondesi. Granted, Mondesi has the ability to have a very impactful season at shortstop, but there's a lot of moving parts here. Like you talked about, the the starting rotation worries me a bit. If anything, just from the health standpoint, they have three players that I would argue are uh, not the healthiest, and Chris Sale, Corey Kluber, and James Paxton. Paxton, I don't think, has really had a full season in a long time. And like you said, it's kind of a ragtag team uh, of kind of older players or players that are very good at uh, a specific skill, especially someone I think about is Adam Duvall, 
who's really good against lefties, but he struggles sometimes. And he actually has the third most three-pitch strikeouts, so <laughs> he gets out quick uh, at, at times. So that's something that's interesting. And we honestly didn't talk about one of their bigger additions, and that's uh, uh, Masataka Yoshida. Yeah, that's a, a big unknown too. I think we looked at it yesterday, and the, the Zips projections pretty pretty bullish on him hitting 305 uh, with a 372 on base and 489 slug, leading to a 3.7 WAR season. So, I think any Red Sox fan would be happy with that performance. And, and if that does happen, maybe maybe he can help uh, provide that hole that Bogarts and, and JD Martinez left in the lineup. Yeah, and that's not to say uh, Trevor Story will start the year on the IL, it seems. And then also, they have some young guys, especially a person in Tristan Casas, who's a, a top prospect. And that's something that's hard to project if he has a breakout year. You know, maybe he's a lot better than his projections. And, and that's something that maybe the over-under is kind of working in, at least the Vegas odds for the over-under. But yeah, I'm not very high on them. Sorry, I was going to say on Casas. Yeah, I, I love him. I uh, He only played 27 games last year and, and hit 197 in those 27 games. So right away, you're a little question mark. But he he had a 20% walk rate in those 27 games with a led to a 358 on base percentage along with a 211 ISO and 120 WRC+. Plus. So he proved he sort of belongs and I think he's got that elite power and elite walk rate and anytime you can add those two together it's a pretty good combination. I gotta say if, if you can be 20% better than the average MLB player and hit under 200 that's that's an impressive skill all in itself so right. obviously on base percentage is a big part of that like you said with the walks but it's always funny to me seeing these very um, successful players with these these very very low watermarks or you know below the Mendoza line for their batting average. Uh, any closing thoughts on on the Red Sox to win the division? They're nineteen hundred to win the American League. It's three thousand, and to win the World Series, they have six thousand uh, odds or plus six thousand odds. So, uh, long shots to say the least for all of those. Uh, not not a whole lot of of closing thoughts here. I think they're an interesting team. Uh, like we talked about, there's a lot of a lot of moving parts. So, this is one of the. The over-unders, I think, could go either way, depending on a lot of different factors here. Yeah, I think health is a main concern, and then um, some success from from Yoshida and then Casas, among other younger players. You know, does Verdugo take a step? And we'll see. Anyway, let's get to our over-under here for the Red Sox. It is at 84.5, Colin. I'll let you take this one first, and I might, I might copy you. <laughs> I'm going to go with the under. I, I mentioned it earlier, but they were just 78 wins last year, so it's six and a half wins higher than that, so they got to get to 85 if they want to. Um, and you talked about the health of the starting pitching. I think that's where it concerns me as well with Sale, Kluber, and Pax, and all with those injury concerns, and, and they're all over age 33 now, so um, I'm not sure I see it getting much better, and I, I think that pitching might, might hold them back. Yeah, I agree. I will go with the under as well at 84 and a half. Uh, I just don't see it. Uh, we'll see. You know, I've seen success from the Japanese leagues with uh, someone like Yoshida before, but it's kind of a got to see it to believe it type of thing. It's a transition. It might take a while. He might have a good second half this season, might not have a great first half. 
Too many moving parts for me. It's great that they signed Devers for their fan base. Mondesi will be an interesting addition in uh, in light of the Bogarts leaving to go to the Padres, but not enough for me. All right, let's move over to the AL East winners from last year, and that is the Yankees. They finished the season 99-63 and and first in the American League East. Two of their big, big additions, I guess you can say, will be one is re-signing Aaron Judge for that 9 by 360 deal, a huge deal, and, and then another one is really bolstering the starting pitching with Carlos Rodon. He signed a 6 by $162 million deal. So those are two aces at the top, or excuse me, an ace and then a slugger in your lineup. I'm pretty bullish on the Yankees. Their over-under is projected at 104.5. So why don't you take us a little bit through their lineup? Yeah, well, it it obviously starts with Aaron Judge um, coming off a 11.2 WAR season, which is just wild. Uh, we all know how he did last year. If he can replicate any of that, um, that'd be a good good place to start for them. But uh, other than that, Glaber was was solid last year. He's still still young and has proven to be a an above average hitter. Um, but then it goes to to Rizzo, Stanton, Donaldson, who none of which I'm too high on. Uh, Zips has the highest projection on those three at 2.7 war for Donaldson, um, which is slightly concerning in a 3-5 hole. All of them come with injury concerns or in battle of age as well. Um, and then Harrison Bader, who uh, we talked about yesterday a little bit, I think is a, a good piece for them. He helps their defense um, and then Aaron Hicks, Oswald Peraza, and Jose Trevino. So that's the lineup. They got a couple injuries with with DJ LeMahieu and Frankie Montas in the in the in the rotation, but uh, 104 wins is is a lot. Yeah, and I think even the 104 will get you under. So you have to win at least 105. Right. Like you said, Aaron Judge led the way with our all remarkable team. If you haven't checked that out. Go over to myinsideedge.com. We kind of tallied up our remarkable notes, uh, added point totals for first place, second, third, fourth, fifth, and Aaron Judge blew everyone out of the water. Very deserving MVP last season. And one of my favorite stats is just how successful he's been, not just last season, but over the last three seasons. He's been slugging 728 on fastballs, and that's best in MLB. And among the qualified people in that category, the average is 485. So... Just miles and miles of better at hitting, hitting dingers, hitting extra base hits, especially on fastballs. So um, I do share the same concerns with you with the age. Donaldson uh, seems to be on the bad side of Yankees fans, at least at the moment. And something that is very concerning that he did last year is he missed 27% of swings in the strike zone. So pitches that are arguably very hittable, he swung and missed 27% of the time, and the league average was 16%. So... Very, very high mark there. And just to reiterate what you said about Harrison Bader, I think that'll help their defense a lot. Not that their defense was struggling in the outfield, but Bader can definitely cover ground as one of the probably top 10 center fielders when it comes to being defensively responsible. And they're, they're, their starting pitching is going to be really exciting. Uh, obviously, Garrett Cole and Carlos Rodon will be the two studs. Nestor Cortez, I think, continued to sp- surprise us every single outing. Uh, I think you and I are waiting for the, the bottom to fall off of his year last year, but he kept it going. Is he able to kind of recapture that magic from last year, you think? 
We'll see. Um, you, you mentioned it, but we would, we definitely uh, were skeptical. So, yeah, he put he put together a good season and and didn't really show any signs of slowing down. So we'll see. But their pitching is fantastic. You, you gotta love Cole and Rodon up top, which is gotta be the best one two in the league. Maybe make an argument for the Mets, but uh, but those two are, are pretty elite at their own. And then obviously their bullpen, who's been pretty great for the last decade now so yeah i think they have about 700 guys that are ready to throw 99 miles per hour out of the bullpen that could be wrong but it sure feels that way when i'm watching the uh, yankees games uh yeah and going back to nestor cortez he was very good actually against the top of the order so one two three in the order he only allowed a 251 on base percentage which was the 11th best among starting pitchers last season so very impressive from him limiting uh the top of the order, which you would think is obviously the more successful part of a batting order. So, Nestor Cortez is, you know, your three or your four. And if Luis Severino is able to stay healthy, great. I mean, that's a great one through four. And then you can kind of patchwork a, a fifth spot with uh, with no issues. I think a lot of teams would take that and uh, take the Yankees' uh, starting pitching rotation at the moment. So... All right. Any other closing thoughts on the Yankees? No, we can uh, we can jump to the to the over under 104.5 wins. Um, I'm gonna go under as well here. Uh, I think there's still a little bit of wiggle room, like you said. If they win 104, you, you hit that bet, um, which 104 is is uh, quite a lot. They yeah. they had 99 last year. I know. I know. At one point, they were on track to win like 115 games but they had a little cold spell late summer and and only finished at 99 so I'll, I'll go under here yeah i think anytime anyone reaches 100 wins in a season it's quite impressive and uh, you could argue the yankees were quite a successful team last year and uh, they couldn't even get to 100 so i will take the under as well <laughs> which you know maybe a little foreshadowing i'm assuming we're going to be taking some overs here sooner or later but uh, they are plus 105 to win the division, plus 340 to win the American League, and then plus 700 to win the World Series. So very good odds throughout for the Yankees. 104 or 105 wins is just a lot of wins to get to, especially in modern baseball with how competitive all the teams are. So, yeah, I think, I think one thing, too, is that the AL East is, is a pretty competitive division, so yeah. uh, a lot of games there. Yeah, absolutely. So. A couple of their big subtractions, like just to say, as Andrew Benintendi, he was a you know midseason ad last year. Matt Carpenter, who was great for half a season, then Jamison Tyon. So, just a couple of guys that they missed. Zach Britton and Chad Green are gone now too, but they're kind of injury prone in the previous season. And like we talked about, their their bullpen is uh, pretty pretty darn good. So, all right. Let's move over to the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays had a pretty exciting season. They finished 92 and 70, second in the AL East, and they lost to the Seattle Mariners in the wild card round. They had a couple signings and a big trade, actually. So the big, or a couple big trades, I should say. So the signings: Chad Green, two years for 8.5; Brandon Belt, one year for 9.3. I am a Brandon Belt believer. And then the additions were Dalton Varsho, Eric Swanson, Kevin Kiermaier, and Chris Bassett. A huge subtraction depending on how you see it, is Teoscar Hernandez, who mashes lefties, but flip-flop Varsho and Hernandez, you get better defense and some pretty impressive bat-to-ball skills still with Varsho, who is still quite young. So 
The over-under projection for the Blue Jays is 88.5 wins this season. Colin, how do you feel about this lineup? Yeah, I uh, I love the moves they made, even with even with the loss of Teoscar. Um, Varsho, you mentioned, is coming off a 4.6 war season, um, which I think will obviously offset that loss and give them better defense, like you said, and, and flexibility beyond that. And Varsho is able to catch as well. Not that he will, but um, nice flexibility there and good defense. And then... Their other moves, Kiermaier, if he stays healthy, is obviously an elite defender. Chad Green gives them a little bit of high upside um, bounce-back potential, again, if he stays healthy. And then Chris Bassett, good depth behind Manoa and Gosman. Um, you talked about being a Brandon Bell believer who struggled last year, but he historically has mashed right-handed pitchers, so hopefully he can get back to that a little bit. And then in that Teoscar trade they brought over, um, Eric Swanson, which should help a little bit of those bullpen issues they, they experienced last season. So I I, I like them. Um, 88 and a half wins. They passed that last year. Uh, the top six of their lineup is George Springer, Bo Bichette, Vlad, uh, Alejandro Kirk, Dalton Varsha, Matt Chapman, I think is probably the best core uh, lineup in the division. Uh, would you agree? Yeah, I think so. I think one through six, obviously, the higher end, maybe on the Yankees, I would take. Uh, but it's it's hard to complain about that one through six, especially uh, I think that one through three is quite nice to start off a start off a game. But uh, yeah, uh, if you want some areas of concern for Dalton Varsho that they got, he struggled with velocity uh, last season. He was just twenty for one thirty three, or one thirteen, excuse me. And he batted just 177 uh, against pitches 95 plus, and that was fifth lowest in the league among uh, starting or excuse me qualified batters. Uh, he's very aggressive. He hit 10 home runs on the first pitch this year, or excuse me last year. And something I noticed, Colin, as we were talking about this uh, previously, the Zips projections actually have Matt Chapman with the highest WAR uh, projection on this team. And I think we, you and I both discussed this yesterday. It's probably because a little bit of his defensive upside. Yeah, yeah, I think that's definitely a major part of it. But but again, he has, um, he started to bounce back a little bit last year. He definitely has um, pretty good pop in that bat with some um, upside there. And and obviously the, the defense at third base helps that projection too. Yeah. Uh, not not very many holes. You can argue Whit Merrifield had a down season last year. Will that continue? And then Kevin Kiermaier is, you know, very much a a, a glove first uh, defender. I think one benefit you could say from the Blue Jays from last year to this year is you look at their outfield and you say, mm, defensively we're not really seeing how successful they can be. And let's say you move George Springer over to left field, Kevin Kiermaier goes to center, or Varsho's in right field. That's a lot more successful of an outfield compared to George Springer playing center, Teoscar in right field, uh, and whoever might be in left field. So I think that's going to give them a couple wins. Hopefully defensively that'll help them out. Uh, do you think that'll move the needle for them and maybe have them compete with the Yankees for the division? Yeah, I think they definitely can. We saw it last year. They they had a chance at one point, um, then ended up getting swept in that in that late series. But I think they have a chance for sure. I think their lineup can compete, and their their starting pitchers are are good enough. Hopefully, Barrios can bounce back a little bit. Last year he was pretty terrible, but before that, 
and with the with Minnesota, he was pretty consistently like in that high three ERA. Same with Phipps. So I think I think hopefully he can bounce back a little bit. Chris Bassett has been good um, as long as the the age decline doesn't hit him soon. Um, I think that's a pretty good top four rotation. Yeah, big one is for me. I mean, Manoa and Gosman are great. If Manoa continues his upper trajectory, he was great against AL East opponents. They only hit 176 against him, which is the best among any uh, divisional opponents for a starting pitcher last season. Gosman decided to not walk anyone. So he only walked seven left-handed batters last season. His 2% walk rate was the lowest. And then Barrios, that's the big issue for me. Not issue, I should say, but you want to see him kind of turn around. Yeah, opposing batters hit 280 off again, off him last year, which was highest among starting pitchers qualified, of course. And then who's their number five starter? Is Yusei Kukuchi going to be their five starter? If so, can their offense kind of power him through in those games? Because that'll be, I think, a bit concerning, but I think we have those same concerns about any five starter. So I don't think they're in any different of a boat compared to any other team. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what Kikuchi's got. I think I think if he has another poor performance, this might be the end of the line for him. So we'll we'll see if he can show a little bit of the magic he's he's flashed at times in the, in his previous seasons. All right, let's go with the Vegas projected win total. So eighty-eight and a half is where it's at right now. To win the division, they are at plus two twenty. To win the American League, plus six fifty, and then to win the World Series is plus thirteen hundred. Colin Anderson today, February second, over under, Blue Jays eighty-eight and a half. What do you got? Well, well, you did say we got to foreshadow. I'm gonna go over. Because you gotta go over at some point, and I, I think it's pretty good value here. Eighty-eight and a half wins. Um, I think everyone can agree the Blue Jays are gonna be a good team. Uh, they did lose to Oscar, but that's pretty much their only significant uh, a loss, and they added quite a bit of uh, depth, which I think will help them um, in the long run. So I'll go over eighty and a half. And I, very boringly, will agree with you that I think eight, over eighty-eight and a half is a uh, I wouldn't say a sure bet, but it seems pretty good, especially this is all health health being considered here for the most part for all these guys. So um, I think they'll be fine. I think Vlad had a relatively down year last year. I mean, he might have an uptick. If he doesn't, that's okay. It seems like they have a pretty balanced lineup. Manoa and Gosman as your one and two is pretty nice. They can compete with just about anyone. If you expect a small, even just a small little comeback from Jose Barrios and then Chris Bassett, kind of whole humming along, maybe around a 3-8 ERA this year. I think that'll be a very successful season for the Blue Jays. So I will go over that 88.5 total. All right, next one will be the Tampa Bay Rays. Their Vegas win total is at 87.5. They were 86-76 and 76 last season, and they finished third in the American League East. To win the division, they're plus 370. To win the American League, it's plus 1,100. And then to win the World Series, it's plus 2,200. Not the craziest odds. Uh, They are an enigma to me, Colin. Every year, I'm always so impressed with how well they're able to compete. Uh, Their lineup never screams that they're going to be very successful, but they're starting pitching, especially this year, if, if healthy, looks fantastic. So... Any any big major thoughts you have on the Tampa Bay Rays? 
Well, I'll start with the additions and subtractions. Um, another team with a quiet offseason. Uh, they lost G-Man Choi and, and gained pretty much just Zach Eflin. Um, and I guess Tyler Glasnow, if you want to count him, as going back to. Um, but like you said, the Rays are, are kind of interesting. They, they just seem to get it done every year, uh, regardless of who's on the team. Uh, pitching is, is good. Um, as always, McClanahan is coming off a near Cy Young performance. Glasnow I mentioned is back, hopefully healthy, and if he is, he can kind of perform at that ace level too. Uh, and then Rasmussen had a good year last year, so that's good depth along with, with Zach Evelyn signing, who I think is also uh, a good signing. I think it was three for $40 million, so a little pricey, but he's kind of one of those guys that it's just been solid, um, and his FIP is always a little bit lower than his ERA, so whether that's bad luck or or what, um, I think if he can get around that 3.5 ERA-ish around there, that should be good. And moving to Tampa should only should only help his cause. Um, yeah, yeah, that all makes sense. And I know I kind of talked about the lineup a little bit. They do have some bats that are, that are quite impressive. I think one person I obviously want to see succeed and It'll be I'll be watching him very closely as Wander Franco. Uh, he was very injured last year throughout the season, and he already has a pretty elite strikeout rate at just eleven percent since the start of last season, which is sixth best among qualified or like secondary qualified batters. So he's fantastic. Obviously, he's the number one prospect in just about everyone's prospect rankings. So it's it's not like he came out of nowhere, but maybe people kind of forgot given how injury riddled his season was last year. He can really be a star for, for the Tampa Bay Rays uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And then a guy that it, I think you and I always go back to, this is a guy that I think is impressive in his own way. It's Yandy Diaz, man. He just keeps chugging along. I don't expect them to be that great. And next thing you know, he's putting up you know great on-base percentages, and he's great against relief pitchers over the last three seasons. He has a on-base percentage over 400, 402 to be exact, which is fifth best in the MLB, so... They have yeah. an interesting top four. Uh, I'll be honest; it's very interesting. Yeah, unfortunately, it kind of drops off after those four. But I, I definitely like them. Yandy found a found a home at the top of the lineup last year, which I think helped them, especially with that high on base percentage. Um, and then, like you talked about, Wander. Hopefully, he can sort of come with that breakout season. He's been good, but not great yet. Uh, but he possesses a couple of elite skills, and then. Uh, Randy's been solid. Uh, he's still young too, and and can hopefully continue to improve. And then, yeah, Brandon Lau, um, I believe, right? Brandon yes, Lau. yeah, Brandon Lau, not not yeah. Low. This one's Lau. I, I, I always get confused with that, but at least they're both on the same team now. Um, yeah. Hopefully, he can bounce back. He he struggled last year, but before that, he he had been really good for them and and possesses pretty elite uh, power skills. So. Definitely a good top four. After that, some question marks, but like I said, the Rays, Rays are going to Ray, so I'm sure they'll make it work. Yeah, it is interesting how they are kind of able to patchwork enough offense together every every season, and then really their their pitching, especially recently, has really led the way. Shane McClanahan, like you said, had a fantastic season. I believe was he second or third in the Cy Young voting. Yeah, I think he ended up finishing third behind Verlander and Cease. 
Okay, there you go. Yep, and then Glasnow, he came back for a little bit at the end of last season, and he's always fun. Uh, as Colin, I'm sure you know, we, we chart games, you know, something. sometimes we do things with the catcher. And my favorite is when, when you watch Tyler Glasnow pitch, the catcher sets up in the same exact spot every single time. So he's just like a throw the ball high in the zone for fastballs, low in the zone for curveballs, and it is incredibly successful. Obviously, he's a very unique uh, pitcher in that way, given how tall he is, given how hard he throws, and the absolute break on that curveball. So, And they really find a, found a diamond in the rough in Drew Rasmussen. Uh, I think that's was such a good trade for them. And, you know, at first he, he was throwing about, what, three or four innings kind of as an opener every every uh, game. And then next thing you know, he's throwing six innings of one-hit ball or seven innings of two-hit ball with, you know, a run or two in there. So they're going to do it again, I think, right? They're going to they're gonna be right in the race. They're going to be frustrating to, to watch or, or play against because they're going to do enough. So why don't we head over to our, our projected wins the total, once again, is at, or the over-under, excuse me, is at 87 and a half. I'll go first on this one. And I'm actually, despite me talking them up, I'm going to go under uh, the 87 and a half. They had 86 wins last season. I love their pitching. I think it's very fun. McClanahan, Glasnow is their 1-2, is a very exciting 1-2. Health is a concern for me. Can Glasnow stay healthy? And then can they hit enough? Does Wander Franco really become like a true star? Can he kind of, you know, quote-unquote steal games in a way uh, with just his offensive performance by himself? It could be the case, but I'd have to, I'll would have to. i have to see it to believe it, at, at least at this point. So, Colin, what do you have? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bummed you, you took the end of there, too, because I thought, I thought we were going to differ on this. Oh, I, no! I, I'm going under <laughs> as well. 87.5, I think... I think somewhere in that 84 to 86 wins is a, is a good spot for them. Um, but but 87.5, I'm not quite sure they're getting to 88 with, with this lineup, despite what we were talking about, the Rays typically um, doing well. But even last year, you know, 86 wins, that, that seems like a realistic spot for them to, to stay at. Um, so, yeah, I, it's a bummer, but I'm going to go under as well. You're right, I am bummed. Come on, Colin. I thought we were finally going to disagree. I, I think we think we think too similar similarly. Excuse me, uh, to to do a podcast like this, we get, we got to get someone argumentative in here. Uh, all right, so that's what we have for for the race. And if you've been listening this whole time, we obviously have one team left, and that will be the Baltimore Orioles. They finished eighty three and seventy nine last season. They were fourth in the AL East. To win the division, they are 2,200. To win the American League, they are 3,000. And then to win the World Series, they are 7,000. So if I'm not mistaken, those are the longest odds for the World Series in the American League East. That is correct. Colin, I like the Baltimore Orioles. They're fun. They're young. Obviously, you can argue their lack of spending, how they put their team together. Um, you know, you can kind of get frustrated with, with, with that. If you're a fan of the Orioles, how long it's taken their insistence on competing with Chris Davis, Adam Jones, etc., for, for so long, really performing above the projections of, you know, above their Pythagorean win loss record, all of those things. But they're in a spot where it looks like they can kind of turn the corner with sustained success because of their young players and then some, some key pieces in that lineup. So where do you want to start, the the offense or or the pitching here? 
Yeah, uh, well, I do. I do know you have a fascination with the Orioles, but uh, but I do think they overperformed last year a little bit. Um, their pitching wasn't wasn't as bad as I feel like it should have been. Um, yeah, their, their bullpen actually performed pretty well. Uh, however, Bautista, real good. Moving into this season, it looks like their number one starter is a newly signed Kyle Gibson, and number two Cole Irvin, also newly uh, added. So I don't love the uh, initial top two there. Um, and I mean, I think we've always kind of known the Orioles have struggled in the pitching department. But on the on the offensive side, I, I do really like their lineup. Um, obviously, the young hitting is super fun between Rutschman, Henderson, Mullins, Mountcastle, among others. Um, I wish they made a few more moves in free agency specifically to, to deal with that pitching issue. I, at least they signed a few guys, I guess. Um, but Stop yeah, this. I think I, I just one more thing. I think their lineup from top to bottom might be the most balanced in, in the AL East, which I think is a good thing. With really? Austin Hayes and Adam Frazier at the bottom. I think that's a nice way to turn it over. Um, but yeah. They're going for the no weak link on offense here. So is that what you're kind of saying? It does appear that way. Yeah, I agree. The Gunnar Henderson's uh, Zips projections are quite high here, at least from my perspective. I know he's a top prospect, but they're projecting him for a 5 war, 259, 354, 458. And maybe that's probably coming in with a bit of defensive uh, help there to bring that war up to 5 but, uh, yeah, their, their offense is quite interesting. I think Adley Rutschman, everyone talked about it last season, just the importance of him entering the lineup, how he's done with the pitching staff, and everything that's kind of been put on his shoulders. And he really kind of changed the trajectory of, of their team last season. So uh, I do share the same concerns with you with the, the starting pitching. I think it's uh, lacking, to say the least. There is some help waiting in the wings with Grayson Rodriguez. Does he start the year with the Baltimore Orioles? Does he start in triple eight? We'll have to see on that, but if he can really have success early on in his career, that might change the, the outlook a bit. I'm not saying they're making the playoffs by any means, but I could see them be competitive, you know, game in game out compared to, uh, in previous seasons where, uh, maybe it wasn't so great uh, to say the least. So, uh, yeah, and just on Grayson too. I think, I mean, I think he definitely has the stuff to be good right away. Um, the the issue with with young pitching like that is typically he won't pitch enough to make that big of an impact. Right. Um, like he could come in and throw four or five innings a few times, you know, and one hit ball. But um, but we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully he does. Uh, just to, I I do want to bring up Rutschman again. Um, that. 5.3 war last season in 113 games uh, was, was very impressive. Um, I think you could make like a, a low-key MVP case for him. Um, if he does stay healthy and play all those games, He, he we definitely saw the difference he made last year with their 83-win season. Um, he has an elite walk rate, good pop. Last season he was 191 ISO. Um, so he, he can do it all. He's good on the defensive end. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's a definite difference maker and it'll be fun with Gunnar Henderson too, who is the favorite for the rookie of the year. Um, he only played in 34 games last year, but he had a 91.9 average exit velo, which is in the 91st percentile. And then 
a 53.3 hard hit rate, which would have been third in the MLB behind Jordan and, and Aaron Judge. So pretty good company there too. Yeah, the underlines look pretty good there. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a comp given uh, that uh, Hall of Fame season is over. Congrats to Scott Rowland to uh, getting in the Hall of Fame. No, the next year's ballot has shown up. I'm sure you've seen this column, given that you are a Minnesota Twins fan. Is Adley Rutschman the next Joe Mauer? We'll see. You know, people like to hit on Joe, but he definitely had a, in my opinion, a Hall of Fame worthy career. So I think I think a lot of people would agree with you, including obviously a very important person, voice in the uh, Hall of Fame community, and Jay Jaffe. So. But we'll see. He definitely has some similar characteristics. Hopefully he can can stay healthy. He has a, probably a little bit more pop um, than Joe did, maybe. Uh, I know he had Joe had the one heavy home run season, but after that it was pretty, yeah. pretty low. Yeah, so. more of a doubles guy. But uh, obviously the high average, high OBP, uh, just mm-hmm. about all the time, so... Yeah, I'll be I'll be watching the Orioles. I think they'll be a very exciting team. I think last year was kind of fun watching them. I I appreciate seeing some young teams gonna kind of scrap it together. Uh, I I am a fan of the Buffalo Sabers. That's how I feel watching them right now. So it's always fun to see kind of teams that have struggled uh, mightily recently uh, turn it around. You you love to see competitive teams that weren't competitive three four years ago or you know in the last five to seven years. So. Why don't we end off with our Vegas projected odds for them? They are at 75 and a half. So they're over under. So they blew past that number if it was the same last year. Pretty sure they blew past it last year. Colin, I'm going to guess we're going to agree here. But over under 75 and a half. Yeah, I'll take the over. Oh, uh, there it is. <laughs> 75 and a half is, is, is pretty low. Um, they're going to be basically the same team they were last year with a little bit better depth and Kyle Gibson, Cole Irvin, whether or not they make a big difference, but they'll have a, a few guys who can eat some innings for sure. And then you add a full season of, of Gunnar Henderson and hopefully Grayson Rodriguez. Um, I think, I think they can push 80 wins for sure. Yeah. They'll be interesting to see uh, early on how they look. Are they aggressive with any more call-ups? What do they look like in the second half of the season? Do people find their footing? Does Henderson, Rodriguez, you know, all those people that are kind of projected to start for them, do they find their footing right away? Does it take a while? But yeah, I like the over as well, 75 and a half. And I hope in future episodes, Colin, we can disagree just a, just a little bit. But uh, there will be one more thing we're going to do before we sign off here, and that'll be to, I guess, rank the division. Where do we see this ending? One through five. Why don't we do one... Uh, each at a time. So, Colin, who is your first place finisher? All right, this is where we may differ, and I hope you don't have the same bold prediction. But I'm gonna go with the Blue Jays. Nice. Okay. I will. I will go with with the chalk pick, and I will go with the Yankees as number one. Who is actually who's gonna finish last now? Why don't we go one and then five? Who's gonna finish last in the division? Sort of another bold pick, which I think you might be on board with, Red Sox. I'm going to go with the Red Sox, too. I I agree with you there. I think the Red Sox, there's just too many moving parts, man. And I know maybe it's just because I'm I'm scared of all they're doing, the frustration from the fans. Man, if they get off to a bad start, the fans are going to let them hear it. So it'll be be interesting to see how 
the the I guess the Red Sox season either devolves or evolves. But yeah, so you'll have the Blue Jays first. I have the Yankees first, and then we both have the Red Sox in fifth. Who finishes second in the division? I'm gonna guess we're flipping. Yeah, I'll go Yankees. And I will go Blue Jays for second. And then who finishes fourth in the division? Orioles. I'm gonna go with the Rays. All right. And then, uh, so you have the Rays finishing third, and I have the Orioles finishing third. I'm bullish on the on the Orioles, so we'll see what happens. But I think the Rays have kind of taken some of the the magic from the Cardinals in a way where they're always competitive no matter what. So we'll see how that works. All right. Yeah. So uh, j- just to recap, I'm going yeah. Blue Jays, Yankees, Rays, Orioles, Red Sox. And I'm going with the Yankees, Blue Jays, Orioles, Rays, Red Sox. So slight difference in the middle, or I guess the top, the top half, I should say. Uh, the only one we agree on is the Red Sox, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, good. Okay. Nice that we, we switched it up a little. Yeah. So well, we might be the same on the over-unders, but we changed the order a bit. So I like that. So, All right. So, well, you can find a lot of our baseball information on our myinsideedge.com website. During the season, we'll have projections, excuse me, not projections, but betting help, player prop help, as well as DFS help. Uh, we have a lot of this stuff behind a couple doors that we used. A lot of the notes came from Remarkable. It is an engine that we use internally, as well as uh, we have for our media partners. So if you have any questions, if you're listening to this and you have questions about your favorite player team, tweet at us. Tweet at us at, uh, at IE underscore MLB. And we will be able to answer your questions. If you want notes on your favorite players, please let us know. We'll gladly send you at least a couple before the season. Uh, any other notes, Colin, before we before we sign off here? Uh, no, I, not in the least. I think we're going to try to do this every week. So next week, AL Central, or where are we going next? That's a good question. Uh, why, why don't we talk it over? Either the AL Central or the NL East will be our next uh, next division that we choose and like Colin said we'll be doing these once a week to, until the start of the season so this has been the Inside Edge MLB podcast our first one uh, just about ever and we hope to see you guys again soon have a good day